It's Friday, December 6th, 2019. 73 days since the House began its impeachment inquiry. And this is Impeachment Today. Good morning. I'm Hayes Brown, reporter and editor at BuzzFeed News. Happy Friday, one and all. Congrats to all of us for somehow remembering how a five-day work week is still an actual thing we must get through. Today, we're talking about who hasn't been talking to Congress, namely the dozen or so dudes who have refused to come before congressional committees, some even after being subpoenaed. We'll get all the details on why and how that's even possible from super smart person and friend of the show, Kate Brannon. But before we get to all that, let's catch up on what happened yesterday. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi announced Thursday morning that, yes, the House will be moving forward with drawing up articles of impeachment against Trump. Our democracy is what is at stake. The president leaves us no choice but to act because he is trying to corrupt once again the election for his own benefit. The president has engaged in abuse of power, undermining our national security and jeopardizing the integrity of our elections. His actions are in defiance of the vision of our founders and the oath of office that he takes to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Sadly, but with confidence and humility, with allegiance to our founders and a heart full of love for America, today I am asking our chairman to proceed with articles of impeachment. That moment was both hugely historic and very much expected, kind of like when a Marvel movie breaks box office records. Yes, Pelosi's announcement may have basically been a foregone conclusion since the inquiry launched, and we saw the transcript-ish of Trump's call with the president of Ukraine back in September. But it's still a 180 from where Pelosi was just earlier this year. And since her flip, she has worked hard to shepherd her caucus to this point without any major rebellions. In a closed door, no staff, no cell phones meeting this week, Pelosi made sure everyone present was ready to move forward. The answer from Democrats was a big yes. Part of Pelosi's strategy has been making clear that the impeachment will be based on the evidence gathered and not just because Democrats don't like Trump. And she made that very clear when a reporter straight up asked her if she hates Trump. I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. The task of drawing up those articles falls to the House Judiciary Committee. Judiciary will hold another hearing on Monday where the House Intelligence Committee will formally submit the case laid out in its report released earlier this week. The president's lawyers have been invited to attend that session and question the presenters. The White House has until later today to decide whether it will take part in this or any future hearings. That keeps the House on track to draw up articles and vote on them before Christmas. White House counsel Pat Cipollone had lunch on Thursday with the Republican senators who will be at the helm if and when the president goes on trial in the Senate. Trump is betting big on the Senate acquitting him, and there's no signs right now that it's a bad bet to make. His re-election campaign manager even said in a statement that the House, quote, should just get on with it so that we can have a fair trial in the Senate and expose the swamp for what it is, end quote. And now, with all the gravitas such a procedure merits, we have today's reading from our Nixometer. 
Well, I'm not a crook. On our scale, a zero is a normal day in a normal White House, and 10 is President Richard M. Nixon resigning and flying away in Marine One. This morning, we're at a 7.4. Pelosi is ready to rumble, and she's got her caucus in lockstep. And with the House voting to impeach all but a guarantee by now, we are definitely in for a wild couple of weeks as the details are hammered out. Okay, after the break, we talked to Kate Brennan about the ne'er-do-wells who are refusing to answer congressional subpoenas and tell what they know about the Ukraine saga. Stick around. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that a success story. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. All right, time now for these fucking guys. Usually, we zoom in on only one person, place, or thing and how it relates to impeachment. But today, we're going to discuss a veritable gaggle of guys, namely all the White House and other executive branch officials who have refused to testify before Congress, citing various legal rationale for ducking subpoenas and ignoring requests to appear. Here to talk about this rogues gallery of reluctant Republicans is Kate Brannon. Kate's the editorial director of Just Security, an online forum for the rigorous analysis of U.S. national security law and policy. She's also a senior fellow with international affairs think tank, the Atlantic Council. Welcome back, Kate. Thanks for having me. So a lot has happened since the last time we talked. But one thing that hasn't changed, the president's refusal to let some of his top officials testify. You had a Twitter thread naming all of them, and it's wild how many there are. We'll link to it in the show notes for people who want to take a look for themselves. Who on that list would you say, though, are your top three folks that Democrats would still jump at the chance to hear from? Let's see. The top three, I would say, are Mick Mulvaney, Mm -hmm. who's the acting director of the Office of Management and Budget, and he's also the acting White House chief of staff. I might have put acting in front of too many titles, but I can't It's okay. He's like a million hats. (laughs) He is still kind of the head of OMB, but there's another acting director in there, and he's acting White House chief of staff. Right. I would include him for sure. He is the person to 
to whom Trump communicated, I want to put a hold on the Ukrainian military aid. Right. And here's why. And so Mulvaney is at the very heart of the story. He's in the room with Trump all the time. Mm-hmm. And so he's a number one obvious choice. Number two would be John Bolton. He mm-hmm. was the former director of the National Security Council. Multiple officials that worked for him, including Fiona Hill and Tim Morrison, turned to him to voice their concerns about mm-hmm. what they witnessed was going on with Ukraine policy. He famously said, tell the lawyers. Right. He also famously said, I don't want to be involved in this drug deal. He also would be in the room with Trump, presumably many times when these things were being Discussed. Right. And then my third would be John Eisenberg. Ooh, um, good choice. Who continues to be the general counsel for the National Security Council. He's also right at the heart of things. He is the lawyer to whom the officials went to voice their concerns. And right. he then turned and talked to Pat Cipollone, the general counsel of the White House. He also... I believe, moved or oversaw the moving of Mm -hmm. the call transcript of the July 25th phone call between President Trump and the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to this separate system that's for highly classified information, not usually ever for call records between the president and another foreign head. And they did this, it's believed, to sort of cover it up to limit access to the transcript. Now, it's wild how many of them have just basically said, nope, don't need to show up for a congressional subpoena. What's their argument been? for not actually turning up to Congress and telling what they know. Their main argument is that the White House has said we are not cooperating with the impeachment inquiry. And so from the State Department, the Defense Department... And the White House, they've told everybody, you're not allowed to. And now we've obviously seen a number of officials say... I've been subpoenaed, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to comply with this congressional subpoena. That's the law. Right. And for these other folks, there are a few that are challenging it in court, and then I think that the other officials who are resisting subpoena are sort of watching how those cases play out, and they're waiting for the court to say, "Um, no, you have to comply with a congressional subpoena. I think the idea is that there's some executive privilege at play, but normally how that would work is you would come, you would testify, and Mm -hmm. you would cite executive privilege for certain questions that you're being asked, not as like a blanket I I don't talk about anything. So one of the legal scholars that testified on Wednesday basically said it is a mistake to move forward with impeachment without waiting for the courts to make those rulings that you just brought up and getting these guys to actually testify. But Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi confirmed that Democrats are indeed moving forward with articles of impeachment, she said so in a press conference on Thursday. So do you think that's a good idea with so many witnesses still on the table, like actually moving forward with these articles when the courts have yet to rule? So I think, obviously, it would be amazing for Mick Mulvaney to come and tell us what went down. I also think, though, that enough evidence has been gathered over the last few weeks to tell the story of what happened, to describe the quid pro quo that went on. And even without the quid pro quo, President Trump released the call record that reveals that he solicited the Ukrainian president to investigate Joe Biden, which is interference in our election. So that alone is enough to move forward with impeachment. I do think that one of the things that that was said yesterday on Wednesday at yes. the hearing was Trump has blocked this impeachment inquiry completely, which is right. unprecedented in U.S. history. He's just said, we are not cooperating with it. And in that way, he's taken the tool of impeachment 
in a sense, away from the Congress saying, you have no ability to do your oversight role over me Mm -hmm. because we're not going to cooperate, we're not going to provide information. And what's not on my Twitter thread, my thread just includes all the people, but it doesn't include all the evidence, the documents, the emails. Right, all the stuff they're just not handing over as part of this inquiry. You also pointed out on Twitter that Democrats listed these officials' refusal to testify in their impeachment report earlier this week. Do you think that will be part of an article of impeachment on obstruction of justice. I think so. And Schiff said at the outset, when the White House said, we're not going to cooperate with you at all, Schiff said, okay, fine, but know that every time you resist my subpoenas or you don't appear to testify, you don't turn over evidence, we are going to consider that obstruction. And the White House went forward with it anyway. And so they've been warned, this is all going to be viewed as obstruction unless you comply. So what do you think the odds are right now, as we're recording, that some of these folks will just have to come forward and testify during the Senate trial portion of the process? It's a great question. I hold out a lot of hope for John Bolton, probably (laughs) naively. I just think he's a man who might love the spotlight and maybe Mm. is waiting for his moment. He's got a book to sell, man. (laughs) He has to get that in the tank before he shows up to testify. Yeah, I think Adam Schiff at one point did kind of suggest on one of the Sunday shows that they could try and press John Roberts, the chief justice, issue a ruling during the Senate trial to say, no, you guys— have to come and testify if you are called as a witness. And I, for one, am really fascinated to see if that actually holds up when we actually get to the Senate trial part. Yeah, I have a feeling that there's another shoe to drop. That And the other thing, when you look at the list, almost mm-hmm. all of the people, if just one of them came forward, I mean, there are like one or two officials who are like Rick Perry's assistant or mm-hmm. a slightly lower level OMB official who like maybe wouldn't break the dam. But from Eisenberg to Bolton to Perry, Just one of them would shed so much light on this story that it would be a a big deal. Oh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of the people on that list is somebody that a lot of folks haven't heard about despite having an amazing name and being like really central in what went down in the State Department. What can you tell the folks listening about T. Ulrich Breckbull? Ulrich Breckbull is an official at the State Department. He's counselor at the State Department, was appointed by Secretary Pompeo. They have been friends since their time together at West Point. Mm -hmm. And multiple officials have placed him in relevant meetings and phone calls during which all the Ukraine policy was discussed. Mm -hmm. He was sort of the point person on Ambassador Yovanovitch, her situation, her removal. And the Rudy Giuliani smear campaign. The Giuliani smear campaign. And sort of anything that Pompeo would know, Breckbull knows as well. Okay, so let's time warp a year into the future, just after the 2020 election. Which of the people on your list, you already mentioned John Bolton, but aside from him, who do you think is the most likely to have flipped and spilled the beans about what went down? Maybe Rick Perry. Oh, he feels interesting. like maybe he's got loose lips. <laughs> Maverick, wildcard, loose lips and loose hips, the Dancing with the Stars fella. All right, Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to come in and chat about this. I, for one, can't wait to see who on the list tells us what actually happened as we move forward. I sit on the edge of my seat and wait for them to come forward. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Hayes. Okay, so it's Friday, and in that spirit, we have something um, different for you guys. I recently watched Frozen 2, and no spoilers, but at one point, Olaf the Snowman recaps the plot of the entire first movie to a bunch of new characters who don't know what happened. And... That got me wondering, could I pull off something similar with the impeachment saga? Well, there's only one way to find out, so away we go. It begins with two countries. One, a nuclear superpower. The other, powerless. Their love of hating Russia 
Infinite. I'm Trump. Mexicans are rapists. Russia, find her emails. Election. Everyone freaking out. A country torn apart. At least they have James Comey. James Comey is fired. Robert Mueller's here. The president may have done bad things in the campaign. Trump's gonna blow. Russia hoax. Witch hunt tweet. Ukraine conspiracies. Mueller says Russia interfered in the 2016 election. The Mueller report lives. Rudy, go to Ukraine. Find me something that proves my conspiracy theories are real. I'm Giuliani, and I'll listen to anyone who tells me what I want to hear. Biden got me fired and the sun is bad. That's a terrible Ukrainian accent, but I'm Ukrainian. Giuliani believes it. Then he spreads those lies around and a U.S. ambassador to Ukraine is recalled forever. Then Trump tells Ukraine's president to announce investigations into the Bidens at the 2016 election or no White House visit. And he gets a bunch of the government to help with that and cover it up. But Congress finds out because of a whistleblower. And now here we are. Huh. Any questions? <laughs> Okay, that's our show. We'll be back with you on Monday for another fun-filled week of the frenzied attempt to save our democracy and or ruin it forever. Impeachment Today is a joint production between BuzzFeed News and iHeartRadio, with new episodes dropping every weekday morning. Our show is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, and Jacopo Penzo, with editorial assistance from Tom Guerra. Editing by Josh Fisher, Taylor Hosking, and Ryan Kyloth. Julian Weller is our supervising producer. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikader, Nikki Etor, Samantha Hennig, Maggie Schultz, and Ben Smith. Be sure to subscribe to Impeachment Today on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go to hear my disembodied voice. And uh, mayhaps leave us a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends about the show as we all figure this out together. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. 
This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 